This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, and welcome to another episode of the LGS Podcast. I want to especially welcome you. This is your first time listening to the show. So glad you're joining me. And I want to welcome the entire audience listening from around the world. We have a huge international audience listening today, and I'm just so appreciative of everybody who listens to the show on a regular basis. I'm really glad to serve you week after week and help you become a better jazz musician. It is a great pleasure. And on today's Episode 63, I'm talking about how to become an expert sight reader. Now, I am not an expert sight reader myself. I would not say that is my forte, but I am bringing on a special guest to talk to us about this who is an expert. It's pianist Brett Pontecorvo. Now, Brett is a jazz-trained pianist, and uh, he knows about that realm of things in our our niche of, of jazz, but... He really works a lot in the musical theater scene here in New York City. He is an expert sight reader. Uh, He's also a teacher, a phenomenal musician, so I'm so excited to have him on. And this is a really value-packed episode for how to become a great sight reader. Sight reading, by the way, you know, some of you may be good at it, others may not. It really depends on maybe what instrument you play or what your experience is, what your formal training was. Uh, Regardless, this can help everybody out today to become better Sight reader. Now, before we get started in our show, as always, I want to invite you to help us out by going to iTunes, leave us a rating and review, helps other people find this show. That's a great way to give back. And of course, just by sharing the show with other people. If you enjoy this show or this episode, share it with a friend and spread the love to everybody. Now, remember to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. We'd love to have you join us. Okay, without further ado, let's go into today's show and get on our special guest, Brett Pontecorvo. All right, welcoming on the show today is Brett Pontecorvo. He is a pianist. He is a teacher. Brett, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, so uh, many of my listeners uh, probably have no clue who you are, and that's totally okay. So why don't you give them uh, just the quick two-minute intro to who Brett Pontecorvo is? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I I studied jazz for for a while. Um, I play some jazz. I do uh, I do a lot of musicals, um, a lot of musical directing, um, which is 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 sort of like a, an all around job. There's, you know, there's arranging, there's working with singers, there's working with other musicians. Um, and then I do, I do a lot of teaching as well. Um, teaching piano, teaching, um, 
like vocal coaching. Um, I do some like music programming um, for like synthesizers and, and keyboards, and yeah. So I'm just doing a lot of a lot of different. Yeah, you're like a career musician through and through. You know, you've got yeah. your hands and feet in totally tons of different places, right? Yeah, man. That's that's the way it is. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you on today because uh, you know we're talking about sight reading today, how to become a great sight reader, uh, and I and and you're you're obviously so qualified for this uh, because, I mean, you do a lot of reading. Would you say that's true? I do so much reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think are, uh, well, let me start with this question. Um, what, well, why do people need to know how to sight read? Well, what's the benefit? Yeah. I mean, there are so many benefits. I, I mean, the first, totally the first thing that pops into my head is it's like one less step in the process of your practicing. If you pick up a piece of music and you can instantly read it, you can jump right into then making music out of whatever it is that you're working on. Right, right. You know, it, it totally skips the step of like, I wonder what it says on this paper here. Um, yeah, but which, like, which, yeah, which is always a, <laughs> which is always a barrier between actually, if you get a piece of sheet music, actually performing it because I've been there before. Yeah, I've been there many times actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have too. I I actually started reading music like relatively late. Um, for most people. And so I think I, I kind of got caught myself in a position where I was like, man, I need to know how to do this exceedingly well. So uh, what, what was the circumstances that led you to having to learn how to become a great reader? You know, I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to play for musicals. Um, and I, I love the idea of being able to accompany well. Um, and people would just be like, Hey, can you play this song? And I would be like, ah, actually not really. Um, and, and so then I was like, okay, like, what are the things that, like, I need to do to be able to actually play it? Um, so I just kind of bought a bunch of sheet music of songs that I knew and, and started kind of going, going through them and playing them and, and figuring it out, you know? Wow. Now, so was there any uh, moments as you started doing all these musicals and getting into that uh, field of work, were there any moments where you just totally... Uh, got destroyed like you know what i mean like you just got embarrassed or like because you totally failed any any stories like that terrible yeah so <laughs> i was i was playing for um i played for a musical one year in college and yeah. the guy who directed it was doing like this like professional workshop class for um like the graduating seniors so i showed up the day of and several people had changed their songs at the music ahead of time and there was this song, I don't even remember what it, it was, something like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. It was it was so hard for me to read it that at some point I just started, I just started making things up because I <laughs> I was in front of an audience, you know, stage. Oh, my everything. gosh. It was just me on stage and a singer and, and like, I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't tell where she was and I couldn't tell where I was and I, I biffed it so hard. Um yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I also played for a dance audition once, and I had the uh, the music supervisor come over and literally tell me, "What you're playing is not good enough. Please fix it quickly." Oh my god. <laughs> you know. That's those are like the kind of reality checks that just shake you into uh, action, into yeah. movement, to get out from wherever you're at now to the next spot. 
uh, I know with sight reading for me, and I've already said this in the intro of the show today, uh, that I'm not, I'm not an expert sight reader. Uh, and though I haven't ever been put into situations like you, uh, where I could get embarrassed too, uh, you know, too extremely, uh, I've certainly been, I, I can resonate with that because I've certainly been in a spot where, you know, something I, you know, I probably should have been able to read better. It, it didn't actually pan out that way. So, and I know a lot of the listeners today are, are, have gone through this and it depends on your musical background, you know, uh, you know, depending what instrument you play, you may be uh, a better reader or, or a worse reader, uh, depending on your um, the history of, of, of your private lessons that you may or may not have had. I mean, there's a lot of different factors. So we have, you know, listeners from a whole, uh, you know, different, you know, varying levels today. But if we were to just talk from the beginning, you know, going from that moment of, wow, I can't sight read very well, I need the music ahead of time, and then getting completely embarrassed like what was what did you start to do after that you know there there were a couple of things couple of key things uh the first key thing is i like made a point to say okay if i'm going to be playing a lot of musicals i need to be playing a lot of musical theater music mm-hmm. um, and i know this is a slight like you know maybe a little bit off but i just got a bunch of music and started playing through it um and not even so much like uh it needs to be perfect, but I just got a book and played and kept turning the pages. Um, and it did two things. First of all, it got me familiar with the style of music. But second of all, mm-hmm. you start to see things repeat, you know. Um, so, it, like, at, it reached a point where if I saw four quarter notes in a measure, mm-hmm. I no longer had to wonder what that sounded like. Um, right. You know, and then it would be reduced to then, okay, I know what the rhythm is. What are the notes? Um, right. The other thing that like I was quickly sort of convicted of is that I didn't actually know my major scales very well. Okay. Um, and so this can be a problem if you're reading, right? You get something and you look at it and it's super easy. And you're like, I've got this. And you start playing it in C, but actually it's in whatever. It's in F. You didn't check the key signature. And now everything that you're playing is incorrect or it's the wrong tonality or... Um, Right. You know, um, yeah. So I think, I think a big thing about like becoming a better sight reader is just spending time reading and, right. you know, and, and all of your skills transfer. So if you, you, if you learn a piece that you were uncomfortable reading and you really like slug through it and you get all of your rhythms and you get all of your notes, um, there are certain things from that song that you'll never need to work on again. If there was a difficult rhythm and you figured it out. Now, every time you see that rhythm ever in any other song, you'll know what it is. So that- it's it, it's a matter of just familiarity. The more you get familiar, it, you know, I, I I guess in my experience with any reading I've done is it's 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 the written portion of the language of music. It's that the reading the reading aspect, uh, and. You know, if you've ever tried to study a foreign language before uh, from uh, other than your native language, you know, at first when you're looking at things at, at words, you're it's confusing. But the more you study it, the more you you may not completely understand it, but you start recognizing parts, and that makes it slowly understandable. I mean, that sounds kind of like the same idea what you're describing with reading notation. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely. Now, 
So, so okay, so it sounds like just getting a lot of music and reading through it. Now, I, I am anticipating the answer to this, my question here. You're not actually spending a lot of time reading each piece of music. Am I right? No, 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 definitely not. Um, yeah, if you're practicing sight reading, practice sight reading. If you're practicing learning a piece, practice learning, learning the piece. Right. There's a big difference between, you know, the more you work on a piece, it's you might think, oh, my reading's getting better. Look how I'm, I'm getting better at this piece. No, what's happening is your muscle memory is getting better. You're uh, memorizing, essentially, the piece uh, right. internally. What you want to do is just be moving on. Uh, to <laughs> moving on to to different pieces one after another, you know, so that it's that you're not becoming familiar with the work, right? So it's a completely right. different concept. That's right, and you know, sometimes too, like if you are, you know, if you're at a really high level of playing and like your playing chops are really great and your reading chops are really poor, you need to be able to say, okay, I need to work on a lower level to improve mm-hmm. my. Um. So like. You know, don't jump right into like the the most difficult written piece. Like, read something simple, and then move move on from there. Um, yeah, because th- that's setting yourself up for success. You know, right? Okay. So, all right. So we know we need to re- be reading lots of music. Uh, what are what are some other things we can be doing to become better sight readers? This is this is my process when somebody puts a piece down in front of me. I think that okay. this is this is will definitely help. Um, we need to we need to be aware of what's happening musically. So you pick up a piece of music for the first time. The first two things that you need to check: key signature, time signature. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. That would be important. Right. Um, second thing you need to check after, I guess, after your first two, is, is usually on the top of your music, it's going to give you some sort of information about how fast the song goes. Right. Right? Um, so before you've even read music, before you've even done any music reading, you've set yourself up to be a better sight reader because you're going to play it in the right key, in the right time, at the right speed. <laughs> Those are, that's, that's a really good start. Uh, yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I've certainly, you know, that that may seem like, well, of course you need to do that, but I can I can attest that I've <laughs> I've definitely started reading pieces of music before actually uh, examining it before. So that's great advice. Yeah. What else? Yeah. So from from then on in, like there are certain isms that I I, I like to think about my brain kind of like the way a, a computer works, right? You okay. want it to take as little processing as possible for as many things as possible. So, for example, anytime you see a rhythm, like if you see on the page a dotted quarter note, eighth note, every single time you see that, you need to be thinking bad every time. Mm -hmm. Every single time without thinking about it. It needs to be an automatic understanding of at very least your your rhythm structure. Because Mm -hmm. if you're looking at the page and you see that, the only thing you then need to think about is what note you're playing or notes you're playing, right? Um. So that's something that's tremendously helpful. The other thing that has come to bite me a couple of times is like being aware of sort of where the pulse in the music is. Um, okay. So here, here's an example of that. Sometimes people will write music in 4-4 and it'll actually feel like cut time. So, you know, rather than having something that's got a solid four beats every single measure, you're really only going to be feeling 
beats one and three. Everything is going to feel twice as fast as it is, you know? Right, right. Um, so that's going to then change your, like, if I, here, a great example of this, there was a piece that I played once that had half notes in every measure, two half notes in each measure. And I looked at it and I played one, two, one, two, but actually what they wanted was one, 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 yeah, one. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> You know, um, you, yeah, that's com- and that and that will that's completely different. Totally that's completely different. different. It's totally different. Um, yeah, so like definitely being sort of aware of of, of that situation uh, is super important. Um, the other thing that is great to look out for, like, okay, how am I going to sight read this piece successfully? Um, oftentimes, before you start playing, you're going to have anywhere between ten and twenty five seconds to look at the piece of paper that's in front of you, right? right. Yep. So if when you see it, and you've established like the most important things, you've established your time signature, you've established your key signature, you know how fast you're going. If you look and the first whatever, 12, 16 measures, you, you feel confident about playing, look ahead to the next part and be like, okay. is there anything here that's going to kick my butt? Um, right. And then rather than waste your precious 10 minutes on looking at the first section, figure out what you know you're going to play incorrectly before you start playing. All right, just taking a little break from today's show to talk to you about our flagship ebook, Zero to Improv. Zero to Improv is a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. No stone is left unturned. This isn't your ordinary music book, Zero to Improv. It calls you to action. It's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons. You'll start from the beginning and build up all of the skills and knowledge that you need to become a great jazz improviser. There's audio examples included for all of the music notation in the book, and versions are available for C, B-flat, E-flat, and bass clef instruments. It's designed for all skill levels. If you want to learn more about Zero to Improv, go to Zero to Improv. Dot com. That's www.zerotoimprov.com. Yeah. And you know, something too that has, has bailed me out many a time is that as musicians, we have to remember that time doesn't stop once the song starts. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it just it's mercilessly continuing. <laughs> It just keeps going, right? But so what that means for us is if we get lost, but we're still aware of where we are rhythmically, Mm -hmm. where we are in the song, if you completely botch up measures three and four, when you get to measure five, everything is still in measure five. Right. So it's all about uh, if you fall off the... So what you're trying to say is if you fall off the train, you just got to jump back onto the next car. Got to jump back on. Yeah. Got to jump back on. Um. Yeah, so I, I mean, those are kind of like sort of my go-to things, like how do I survive through a tune? Yes. Um, there are some other things that are really good to think about. Okay. Um, because reading music is visual, right? Yes. So that means there are certain things that are always going to be the same. For example, if I skip from a line to the next line in any direction, I'm playing some type of a third. Okay. If Every yep. time. So if you're aware of where you are and you see, okay, like, for example, let's say we're on a G, right? Uh, you know, the second line, we're in treble clef, we're playing, playing a G. If I go 
up a line, I know that it is some sort of a B. Okay. De- depending on what key I'm in, right? If I go down, I know that it's some sort of an E, depending on what key I'm in. Um, okay. So now if you're aware of that and your reading is not great, but you're looking at a page and you're saying, I know what interval that is, that's going to free up space for you to either figure out your rhythm or to figure out a dynamic to listen to what else is going on in the band. Right. Uh, so there are some like just graphic visual things that you can remember, right? That's yeah, and that's a re- that's a really interesting point you just made. Actually, it in last episode uh, sixty one, uh, we talk about playing what you uh, sixty one sixty two. Yeah, wow, I'm losing track so of all these. Now, right? it's awesome. I'm losing track of all these episodes. We talk about uh, how to play what you hear, and uh, the, a big part of that is the basic you know fundamentals of, of ear training intervals recognizing chords recognizing chord progressions and going back to that interval section there it's important to be able to hear those intervals but it's also important to be able to visually recognize them for reasons like this uh so so that's um, that's very interesting that you say that um because it not only is it important to hear intervals it's important to recognize them on a page that's right yeah, and it's actually, it's you bring up another good point, which is that, I mean, I'm a piano player, so this will shift slightly differently depending on what instrument you're playing, mm-hmm. but there are certain things that, like, I, I am I'm way quicker to give up notes in my right hand than to give up notes in my left hand, mm-hmm. um, and my reasoning for that is oftentimes what's going on in my left hand is going to be establishing harmonically what's happening in a piece, mm-hmm. um, so... For example, there, there have been a couple of times where people have brought in I've Got Rhythm. And that's sort of one of those songs that crosses over genres, right? right um, yeah, the George Gershwin tune. Right, right. So um, if you're playing this as a jazz musician, um, you have learned it a certain way. You've learned it maybe with certain substitutions. Right. Um, right. right. Now, somebody, you know, imagine playing that for X amount of years. Then somebody comes in with the sheet music, the standard written sheet music. Mm-hmm. for this song, right? If I see that we're in B flat and we're playing this song, I know for sure that every time my left hand is playing a B flat, the notes that are falling on the in the upper register of the piano need to be within the B flat major chord. Right. Right? right. So I'm, yep. I'm not going to play a B natural mm-hmm. in, in measures one and, or, or beats one and two, right? Like, right. But I might if my left hand is playing a G. Right, right. Right, because the second chord going to the sixth chord, sometimes it's major. Um, So having a sort of awareness even of your theory is going to help you big time with with your sight reading. Because you're going to see visually on the page, you're going to see what's happening in your left hand. It's going to indicate, it's going to tell you, hey, this is probably kind of what's happening. Um, So, and like... Even even on that, like if you're looking at your piece and you notice that it it looks to be sort of major, you know, if you see let's let's say we're in the key of C, right? We're hanging out in C. If you see your left hand note change to F, that's going to signal to me as somebody who's aware of what's happening musically that it is likely that what's going on in my right hand is going to be an F major chord of right. sort, and maybe there's something melodic happening. But it's going to exist sort of in this realm of the major four chord. Um, so, yeah, just that harmony is then even going to give you hints as to what's on the page. So you right. know what to be looking for. 
Right. Yeah. So, so j- just to sum up what we've got so far. So you've got to the first when you first get the piece of sheet music, you're looking at the time signature, you're looking at the hard passages, you're trying to prepare yourself for all that, uh, and 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 you're trying to familiarize yourself with rhythms and and all these different components in there to prepare yourself to be able to sight read better. Uh, yeah. we, we, and we, we also talked, let, let, I want to go back for a second to something sure. that we, we mentioned before, um, cause it's all such great stuff. Uh, but you, you, you talked about obviously the most important thing, just reading a lot of music, just exposure. Uh, could you, do you like, how can, where can someone just find a stack load of music? That yeah. that's, that's a great question I think to ask. It's, it is a good question. Um, and it's actually a, a difficult one to answer too. Um, okay. this is. This is what I did, and then I will totally like give you my recommendations. There's a composer named Jason Robert Brown, and um, for uh, for me, my biggest thing was, oh, I want to learn to play this song, so I would buy the sheet music to it, right? And then the sheet music would be different than the recording, okay? Um, Because what people do is they write sheet music that kind of gives you an overall expression of what the song would be right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, what i discovered is that jason robert brown wrote out his piano parts exactly the way he played them right okay. so what i was able to do and again this is somebody who's coming from not really having the, the musical information not having like the solid background as i was able to listen to his recordings and watch the sheet music mm-hmm. and so then i was able to connect the sound to what was on the paper Right, right. Yes. Uh, but in terms of just like getting lots of sheet music, you can you can just buy like volumes of books. So for example, like on my shelf right now, I've got like I've got the well-tempered clavier, you know, Bach and and it's mm-hmm. it's probably got I don't even know. It's got at least 100 pages of music in it, right? Wow. Um, you can buy volumes of songwriters. You can also buy like um if you're if you're at like a super basic level, you can buy um, like instrumental instruction books. So, mm-hmm. for example, like when I'm working with young students, I use Alfred's Primer Level book, which may be a little bit low level, but they have adult versions of these books, and those books mm-hmm. just have lots of music in them. So even mm-hmm. if it's not like I'm using this book to play my instrument, it's going to be basic examples of basic music that's going to get you comfortable with the very fundamentals of reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it, it's something maybe to add to is that you don't need to get music for your instrument specifically. You can get, I mean, the idea, again, is that you're just reading music, right? I mean, so it doesn't have to be for your, your instrument. It doesn't even have to be, you know, you could be playing saxophone music and you play piano, or you could be playing uh, tenor sax, you know, and you're playing... I don't know, a violin piece, you know, it's, it's okay uh, yeah. to do that, you know, because the idea is that you're just practicing the reading, right? So, yeah. And two, I know that like, depending on what library you're going to, oftentimes libraries will have sheet music. You can, if you can't take it out, you can copy it. Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of a cheaper option. Um, there's a lot of stuff floating around on the internet too. Like, you know, if you, you know what you want to search for, search for some music there's a lot of pdfs online okay so there's one more topic i want to touch upon before we close up the show today and you briefly mentioned rhythm recognizing rhythms Mm -hmm. uh earlier in our conversation and recognizing rhythms i think is really crucial to 
being a great sight reader. Uh, that, at least in my experience, that's some spl- some places where in the past I've gotten hung up, where yeah. it where I couldn't sight read, I had to look at it and and kind of go, okay, that's what it is, and that obviously doesn't cut it if you're needing to sight read. So, how can we work on recognizing rhythms better? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, it has always been let's take let's take what's on the page and make it into a sound that I can replicate off of my instrument. So, mm-hmm. for example, if I see uh, a, uh, an eighth note and then two sixteenth notes, I'm going to look at that and I'm going to say, okay, my pulse is, you know, one, two, three, four. Gah, 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 you know, and, and so then every time I see that, the thought in my head is death, 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 death. And, and there's like, you can count it to, right? Like if you give your eighth notes like a one E and then your two sixteenth notes and a, you could say one E and a mm-hmm. to get started. Um, and then what I would do is I would walk. So I would put, put a pulse in my feet. I would step on every quarter note. So I'd be like, step, 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 step. And then I'd say that rhythm along with it. So that, get, 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 get. And that's sort of a common rhythm, right? Right. But it's also, so, go ahead, sorry. So just internalizing, just trying to internalize these rhythms. Like, mm. I guess maybe like you're learning, it's kind of like in the jazz world, you're like learning a new lick or a new line and you're trying to get that into your vocabulary. It's sort of the same with rhythms. You're same thing. getting a new rhythm and you're just trying to get that so you're familiar with it. That's correct. That's okay. correct. Um, and it's also like identifying common syncopated rhythms. You know, like mm-hmm. figuring out what are the things that trip you up and practicing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I tell my students all the time is like, don't spend the little bit amount of practice time that you have on the things that you can already kind of do. Mm-hmm. Spend right. it on, on the spend that time on the things that are challenging you. So if you're finding yeah, find advice. something you can't do and focus on that, you know, right. It's kind of like that whole saying, like, if you sound great in the practice room, it probably means you're not practicing. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Um, so I totally lied that that was the last thing. There's actually one more question I have for you. So when you're, when you're sight reading, you know, I think the big question that people have a lot, especially when it's like these really daunting, crazy passages, or maybe it's at a fast tempo or, or whatever the situation may be, that when you're reading music, are you literally just reading it? like measure for measure or are you looking ahead like how does this work like how are you able to process that information so fast mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a little bit of both it's mm-hmm. a little bit of both um you you're definitely reading every measure that you're definitely doing that but you're you're also looking ahead and i would argue that at the end of the day there's going to be a weakness somewhere that you need to work on and the weakness is either going to be I'm not processing the notes fast enough and I need to practice identifying the notes more quickly. Mm-hmm. And you talked about speed. Maybe your weakness is technically my technique is not good enough to play this piece mm-hmm. at this speed right. the first time I'm reading it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry to, to answer your question more directly. Yes. Like you need to be reading in the measure that you're at. And once you already know what's happening in that measure, then you need to move on to the next measure. So, yeah. So it's sort of like you're reading a sentence, you're saying the sentence from quasi memory and you're reading the next sentence so that you can prepare to play that. Right. 
it's literally just like reading a book, <laughs> you know, it's, exactly. it's, it's so, it becomes so natural that you're able to do that, you know? And music works in your favor a little bit in that regards because music repeats, right? That's right. what makes it singable. So, you know, maybe something changes a little bit, but music repeats. So you may have a hard time with something the first time through, like take a brief mental note that that thing happened because 16 measures later, you may end up with the exact same thing again. Right, know? right. That's a great point. Looking yeah. for repetition of ideas, uh, which any piece of music I've ever had to work on, that's what makes it easy, is that, oh, well, that part was hard, but it's also, you know, it's also coming up again, so now I've got it, right? That's that that's super helpful. Um, all right, so Brett, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, where can we send listeners today to go check more of you out? Yeah, you can definitely, if, if you're interested in checking out more of what I'm working on, you can check out my website, which is uh, brettpontecorvo.com. Give us a spelling. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's B-R-E-T-T-P-O-N-T-E-C-O-R-V-O.com. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long one. Awesome. Uh, and we'll also have that in the show notes today at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 63 if you guys want to check that out as well. Brett, thanks for being on the show. You just gave us a ton of amazing information. Uh, I'm excited about all of it. I know all the listeners are too. So thanks for all your time and uh, looking forward to having you back sometime soon. Yeah, thanks, man. Such a pleasure. All right, that's all for our show today. I hope you got as much value as I got out of it. Remember, you can go to the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 63, episode 63. And if you have anything else to add to today's show, you can leave a comment there. This is a jazz community. And remember, if you want to give value back to this back to this podcast, you can go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That just helps other people find this show and remember to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter and join our special guest at his website at brettpontecorvo.com to learn more about him now next week we're going to be coming out with a brand new episode 64 i'm looking forward to seeing you back then thanks for listening to the ljs podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.